The period to contact rising juniors in the class of 2025 opened last week, and already Mark Few and Gonzaga are out on the trail. Let's discuss three players the Zags are most connected to in 2025, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on y'all welcome to the locked on zags podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i am your host and longtime gonzaga podcaster andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things zag athletics today's episode of locked on zags is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of the locked on podcast network make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started well, Bob Huggins is in the news again, and we will discuss why and what it mean could mean for Gonzaga. We're also going to close out the show with some discussion on Drew, Timmy, and Julian Strother and some team fits for, uh, for them ahead of the 2023 NBA draft, which is this Thursday all week long. We're talking NBA draft stuff, but we are leading off today's show talking about the recruiting class of 2025 Long ways away right now, but that has opened up again, and the Zags are out on the trail talking to some potential future Zag players. We talked a little bit about the class of 2024 recently. We talked about Asa Newell, who's a player Gonzaga is pursuing in that class. Of course, we've talked about Zoom Diallo on this podcast, the Tacoma, Washington product who has now transferred to Prolific Prep in California, has Gonzaga listed in his top six. We've covered 2024 fairly well. Of course, we will continue to look at that recruiting class as we learn more and more about them over this summer circuit. But I wanted to kind of kick off some 2025 coverage. And we're going to talk about three guys who we have at least mentioned on this podcast previously in some capacity, but I kind of want to like iron out that these are the three primary targets at this point for Mark Few and Gonzaga looking at that 2025 recruiting class. And we've had larger conversations about recruiting in general and how much it has changed in the COVID era. And of course the transfer portal era and with NIL, there's all these different changes that have happened. But at the end of the day, if there are very, very good high school basketball players out there, Mark Fu and the Zags have probably talked to them, probably made some connections, some reach out. They are still heavily pursuing this avenue as a way to build and construct rosters, and they absolutely should continue to do so. So I want to talk about the three players that are most connected to Gonzaga right now and kind of talk about who else is in, in the mix with them, what kind of player they are, what we know about them. Again, these are 16-year-old kids for the most part, so their basketball game is still continuing to develop in a very significant way. First guy on the list here, 2023 five-star guard Isaiah Harwell. Harwell is from Mount Pleasant, Utah, six foot five guard. He was at Wasatch Academy, which is the same high school that Nolan Hickman transferred to and played at for his, I believe, final year, maybe final two years. I think it was just his final year of high school of high school eligibility after spending the first part of his career in Washington. So there's some familiarity there, at least with the coaching staff, with the players there potentially. Uh, he's number five right now. In the class of 2025, that is that would be one of the highest recruits Gonzaga has ever landed in that conversation with Salas and Suggs and, of course, Chet Holmgren. Nobody's going to beat Chet uh, unless Gonzaga pulls off another miracle and adds a number one overall recruit. Um, but Harwell, number five in the class, number seven in 24-7 sports is composite ranking. So either way, pretty universally agreed upon as a top 10 player in that recruiting class at this point. 
He made the U16 Team USA team in the FIBA World Cup tournament, so he is going to represent the United States in that U16 tournament. Again, you don't get that invite unless you are one of the top players in your recruiting class, so not surprising to see him on that list. And he's gotten a whole bunch of interest already. 20 offers, 20 of them on the table for him. I'm not going to read every program, but here are a few that'll make your ears perk up a little bit, knowing what kind of player this guy is. Alabama, Villanova, North Carolina, Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech, UCLA, Kansas State, and Creighton are just some of the offers that Harwell has received. He has taken a visit to Spokane, Washington. He has met with the staff individually. He talked about it in an article at 24-7 Sports' website. I am going to read the quote from said article right here about his visit to Gonzaga. This is from Isaiah directly. He says, quote, the visit was fun. It was cool. All of the coaches are down to earth. And when they showed me around, everything was cool. Coach Few talked about all the players that he's coached before and the guys that have come through. He said that it is a place to win. Can't argue with you there, Mark Few. That is the correct assessment of Gonzaga. They've coached a lot of great players. They've won a whole bunch of basketball games. Hopefully that pitch is enough. Uh, And, of course, future pitches that will continue to happen from Gonzaga is enough to land Harwell because he would be a tremendous talent to bring to Spokane in 2025. And so with Jalen Harrelson, the next guy on this list that I want to talk about, a six foot six guard again. Gonzaga's going after those bigger guards. All three of these guys that we're talking about are guard wing type players, not necessarily point guards, but players who can kind of play off the wing a little bit. Jalen Harrelson, six foot six guard from Fishers, Indiana. He is number 10 right now in the class of 2025, number nine in their composite rankings. So very close in the rankings to Isaiah Harwell. He has 16 offers known on the table right now. Again, this is all from 24-7 Sports. Uh, A few of the names that really stand out here definitely getting a lot of attention in Big Ten country, which is not surprising considering he is from Indiana. Here's the full list, uh, or at least a portion of the full list here. Auburn, Indiana, of course, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Mizzou, Ohio State, Purdue, and TCU. So again, a lot of high major Highly prolific programs taking a look at Jalen Harrelson. And I want to round us out talking about a third player that Gonzaga has shown interest in. He actually visited Gonzaga last year at Craziness in the Kennel. So they have been in on this kid for a very long time. That is Nick Kamenia. Kamenia comes from Studio City, California. He is a six foot seven small forward wing type player he played aau ball with current zag walk-on colby brooks so there is a connection between brooks and comedia at this point uh when comedia came to craziness in the kennel he sat in the crowd with dusty stromer who of course will be participating in craziness in the kennel this upcoming season as a member of the gonzaga bulldogs program so perhaps the connection with stromer the connection with colby brooks as an aau teammate could be enough to convince Kamenia to come to Spokane. Uh, Right now, he's number 65 in the class of 2025 rankings. He is not showing up on their composite rankings. Not sure if that means that uh, other sites haven't put together full lists or or what that means, but he's kind of considered a riser right now on the West Coast, getting a lot of attention from West Coast programs as he continues to grow and develop and showcase his skills again. We're talking about 16-year-old kids here, so there's a lot that could and will change between now and when they step foot on a college campus for the first time. But right now he already has eight offers, uh, including including Gonzaga. So the other seven programs that have made him an offer, again, according to 24-7 Sports, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, Southern Utah, Stanford, 
UCLA and UNLV. So mostly West Coast teams, but again, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa all stand out as as teams not on the West Coast. Pretty great programs. Obviously, Kansas, the premier program in the country, uh, all have showed some interest in this kid. Uh, Comedia did have a quote about his time at Gonzaga as well. He said, quote, they are welcoming. The coaches treat me like a family. I was talking with the coaches yesterday, and they feel like I am part of their family right now. They make me feel that way. I want to take my family back there and see how they like it. There is craziness in the kennel. Love that as the final quote from Kamenia there. Feels good to see the Zags out there on the recruiting trail looking at some future additions that they could make to this program. All three of these guys would be excellent, excellent additions. Kamenia a little bit lower ranked, but again, that's just right now. Those rankings can change somewhat considerably in a relatively short amount of time. And as a six foot seven stretch wing with his skill set, I wouldn't be surprised to see him moving up those rankings in due time. Well, folks, Bob Huggins is officially out at West Virginia following his second DUI arrest. This one was particularly horrific, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the details and what it means for Gonzaga potentially in the transfer portal, all coming up after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Zag fans, perhaps you want to make a bet regarding Marco Gonzalez and the Mariners or Eli Morgan and the Cleveland Guardians. Either way, don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Folks, the Locked On NBA Big Board has their NBA mock draft out and in full swing right now. Folks, check this thing out. It is fantastic. So many people worked really hard to put this thing together. It is a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience that only Locked On can deliver. All the episodes are available now on the Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube, on the Locked On College Basketball Big Board. It is there, as, or on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, I should say. It is there on YouTube as well, or in your audio feeds wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, we're talking about Bob Huggins again Today here, we've talked about Bob Huggins and West Virginia a handful of times this offseason already uh, for some good reasons, in part because they've added a tremendous uh, transfer portal group this year. Some players that Gonzaga had been connected to, which is what I want to talk about here, but also for some bad reasons. Bob Huggins was in the news a few months ago for some horrifically insensitive comments that he made on a Cincinnati radio station that uh, somehow did not get him fired at the time. Uh, but it was one of those things that clearly, clearly something was wrong and he needed help and he needed some attention. And it was really horrific what he said at the time. And we talked about it on the show and I'm not going to sit here and litigate it again because it happened. And West Virginia made the decision to not fire him. They put him in some sensitivity training. They restructured his contract. It cost him a lot of money uh, and they made his contract year to year. And he didn't even last close to a year. Less than two months later, Bob Huggins gets pulled over in Pittsburgh at 8.30 p.m., very clearly intoxicated. And again, I think many people saw the headline, Bob Huggins, another DUI, resigns out at West Virginia. And I think a lot of people probably, that was the extent of the 
learning about this that they did. And that's understandable. Yeah, second DUI coming off of another, you know, pretty bad incident a few months ago. Clearly the, the school was going to make that decision. Huggins kind of took it out of their hands and, and resigned himself. But this story is very scary, folks. Bob Huggins blew a 0.21 at 8.30 p.m. in Pittsburgh. He had a shredded tire that he did not know how it happened. He was basically, he was driving in a completely unsafe vehicle. He was in the middle of the road and he did not know where he was. Folks, the article that I read, I believe it was at Pat Forty at Sports Illustrated, talked about how Huggins was asked repeatedly where he was and never once gave the correct answer. This is terrifying. This is a very scary situation. And Bob Huggins very obviously needs to not be behind the wheel of a vehicle. He very obviously not needs, needs to not be in a position of authority, a position of influence over young people. He, he clearly needed to lose his job here. Uh, and I agree with that decision 100%. I thought he should have lost his job after the radio appearance a few months ago because that was really, really offensive and deeply concerning that somebody in 2023 could keep their job after saying something like that. But here we are, Bob Huggins officially out, a, a long career as a head coach from college basketball over. He is now, uh, in a matter of months, John Calipari went from being third on the list of active wins among head coaches to first after Jim Beheim's retirement and now Bob Huggins being out the door uh, at West Virginia. Uh, sad story, clearly the correct decision. We will see what West Virginia does next. They are in a really tough spot in terms of trying to find a coach as soon as possible because their players are now all eligible to re-enter the transfer portal. Again, the number two ranked recruit transfer portal class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, I've seen them ranked as high as first in many other places. Kirk Creesa from Arizona was a huge addition. Um, Jesse Edwards from Syracuse, huge addition as well. Uh, and now everybody on this roster has a 30-day window to enter the transfer portal following Bob Huggins' departure. And for players like Creesa and Edwards, who are first-time transfers, who have never transferred again, they can enter the transfer portal whenever. They are not limited by that 30-day window. Granted, I think most players who are going to enter the transfer portal from West Virginia are going to do so in the first 30 days. And again, it puts a lot of pressure on West Virginia's athletic department. They have said quite clearly that their intention at this point is to not hire an interim coach. They want to do a full national search, finding their preferred candidate to be their long-term replacement as head coach. And they acknowledged in the article that this may cost them players right now. So they are not, they are willing to admit that that is the situation they're putting themselves into. Instead of just promoting Ron Everhart, who's their longtime assistant coach, he has 18 years of experience as a head coach, granted all at the mid-major level, the highest program he reached was Duquesne, but he's been at West Virginia for over a decade and has nearly 20 years of experience as a head coach. To me, put him in that position, let him immediately start trying to re-recruit Creesa and Edwards and anybody else they've added in the portal and make sure they don't lose any of that talent and run it back with that group next year. That's what I would have done, but I am not the decision maker at West Virginia. There's a lot more that goes into it than that. Uh, to me, trying to find your long-term solution at head coach in late June when most of the premier program, most of the premier coaching play, uh, coaches that you want to go after are not going to leave their jobs right now. I saw an article connecting them to Steve Forbes at Wake Forest. Why would he leave? After adding Hunter Salas, after adding Efton Reed, after adding other fantastic players in the portal, putting together a good offseason, you're not just going to leave 
in late June, they he, they might West Virginia might be able to get some of those premier younger mid-major coaches who would just love the opportunity to move from where they are to West Virginia. Maybe that's Pat Kelsey at uh, at Charleston, where they've had a ton of success recently. There's a couple other coaches that they've been connected to. The UAB head coach Andy Kennedy uh, used to work for Bob Huggins for a long time. Is familiar with his system. Perhaps that's a move they could make there, but. To me, this is a really tough position for West Virginia to be in. And if I'm a player, if I'm somebody who's on that roster, I don't know that there's anything they could do to convince me to not at least go back into the transfer portal. If you can do it penalty free and get an opportunity to explore what else is out there, I just could not imagine staying at a program when I have the ability to at least look at other options and I don't know who's going to coach me next year. This is why it strikes me as as kind of shocking that West Virginia is willing to wait so long to hire a new coach because nobody wants to play at a program where they don't know who's going to coach them. Like that just is such a different, and I, I mean, I feel for the program. I do. I feel for the athletic director, Ren Baker, because it's a really hard decision that you have to figure out. But also I have to imagine that after the radio incident a few months ago that they put together a list pretty quickly. Like they had a list of guys in case something else happened, something else happened. And now they have to make a decision here. If they can go land one of those premier mid-major coaches, a Pat Kelsey and Andy Kennedy, whomever, and immediately have them get in, get to work, whatever, maybe that could work. You're really hamstringing another program. That's a really challenge for them. Like the other thing about this is like, I hate when a head coach's mistakes cost a bunch of other people their jobs. And if West Virginia goes the direction of hiring a mid-major coach like Kennedy or Kelsey or whomever, the other assistant coaches who did nothing wrong other than work for a man who didn't seem to care about keeping his job, they're all going to lose their jobs. And you know who's, they're not going to get hired in July. This is why to me, promoting your assistant head coach, letting everybody else keep their jobs, running it back in March. And if it doesn't work or you decide you want to move on, then you can reopen your coaching search in a, in a time where you're more likely to get a bigger, a bigger group of candidates to choose from. It doesn't make sense to me to make a hire right now when you have a smaller group of candidates to choose from. You're really, really screwing over your assistant coaches who are probably going to lose their jobs and are not going to be able to find another one for nine months. It just makes more sense to me to do that. But what it does mean is that there are potentially going to be some very good players all of a sudden entering the NCAA transfer portal in a late period of time during the season. We've talked about how Gonzaga is probably done making additions to their roster, but they do have two scholarships available. We talked about Paul Mulcahy, a player that uh, entered the transfer portal somewhat late out of Rutgers, and Gonzaga has been connected to him. They remain connected to him. It, it seems like they're one of the programs that they're kind of focusing on. If Gonzaga adds Mulcahy, I'm almost positive they're not going to fill that final scholarship spot. They would be done with their roster with Mulcahy. But if they can add Mulcahy, are they going to look at Jesse Edwards? If he enters the portal again, I don't know that Jesse Edwards is going to enter the transfer portal again. I'm not saying that I know anything conclusively. I'm just saying it's possible. And if so, a big rim protecting center is kind of something Gonzaga could use. It really throws off the rest of their big man rotation. And I'm curious what would happen after that, but it's somebody that Gonzaga could consider. I don't think they're going to get involved in Kirk Crease, so they don't need another point guard. Certainly Raekwon battle is another transfer that Gonzaga or excuse me that West Virginia added this offseason. Uh he's from Washington. He began his college career at UW, transferred down to Montana State and put up 18 points per game last year at Montana State was one of the highly most highly 
recruited mid-major guards before West Virginia landed him. He could make some sense for Gonzaga. He truly could. I don't know if they were interested in him the first time he was in the portal. I don't know if they will necessarily be interested in him this time around if he were to re-enter the portal. But if he does, it would not be a shock to see Gonzaga show some interest there. Edwards is the main name to keep an eye on. Raekwon Battle is another name to keep an eye on. Perhaps there'll be some other players entering the portal that uh, we can do some research into and see if they might fit for Mark Few and the Zags. But ultimately, this story is just about the timing here for West Virginia, really horrific timing for Bob Huggins. Uh, I do hope that he finds a way to get some help. Truly, I do. Um, but it, he's beyond redeemable for in terms of continuing to be a head coach. This is He, he should never coach again. He's 70 years old. He, this should be it for him permanently. Hopefully, whatever comes in the rest of his life, he can repair some of the damage he's done. But he's very fortunate that nobody got seriously injured in an incident where he was driving unaware of where he was, what he was doing, what was happening to his car. I mean, it's just really, it could have been so, so much worse. And I'm so thankful that it wasn't. And I, many other people are too, but this is somebody who seriously needs some help and hopefully he will get that. Uh, and hopefully West Virginia can move on in a way that, that that works for them. But keep an eye on the players here because there might be some movement coming uh, in the month of July uh, in the college basketball landscape. We're going to close out today's show discussing three ideal team fits for both Julian Strother and Drew Timmy, ahead of what should be a very big week of NBA draft coverage here on the Locked On Zags podcast coming up right after this. Folks, closing out the show today, talk about the NBA draft, which will be the focus of Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday's episodes of the Locked On Zags podcast as we preview Julian Strother, preview Drew Timmy, preview some of the other players in the WCC who are going to get selected, Brandon Pajemski out of Santa Clara, Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine. We're going to talk about those guys, talk about their strengths, their weaknesses, what their draft profile looks like. We'll do some more mock draft type stuff. And then, of course, on Friday, we'll recap what happens where Julian Strother, Drew Timmy, and such end up for their the start of their NBA careers. For today, though, I just wanted to do kind of a quick look at some team potential team fits for both Julian Strother and Drew Timmy. Three teams for each of them. We'll start with Julian Strother, and we'll start with a team that I know a lot of people don't really like seeing Zags go to because of their previous uh, affiliation. Of course, that is the Oklahoma City Thunder, the former Seattle Supersonics. Of course, they've been in Oklahoma City for over a decade now, but I know that that is not, the pain has not subsided for many people who wish they were still in Seattle. I do not blame any of them for feeling that way, but Oklahoma City, of course, already rosters a former Zag in Chet Holmgren, a former teammate of Julian Strother's, and they could really use some outside shooting. Uh, they have pick 12, which is not going to be in consideration for Strother, but they also have picks 37 and 50. And the range that we're seeing for Julian right now, some still have him as a late first. Majority say he's probably in that 35 to 50 range. And Oklahoma City has two picks in that range. So there's a lot that makes sense for them. I think they probably would need to take him at 37. I don't think you'd risk uh, losing him at 50 if he was available at 37, but Again, a team that could use some depth shooting, uh, that could use some floor spacers, uh, that already has a zag on the team in Chet Holmgren. They already have a Santa Clara player in Jalen Williams. Uh, and kind of a fun up-and-coming team. This would be a really cool landing spot for Julian as this team kind of gets back into relevance. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers stand out. They have picks 17 and 47. Again, don't think they'd reach for him at 17. But 47, if he's available there, I think it'd be hard for the Lakers to ignore him. Because, again, when you have a team with, with LeBron, 
LeBron James and Anthony Davis, assuming both those guys are back next year, you're really kind of trying to fill out the rest of the roster with cheaper guys who can contribute and particularly shooters. Young, inexpensive shooters who LeBron can kick the ball out to, who can hit open threes in the corner, who can do that, who don't necessarily need to have the ball in their hands a bunch to be effective. Like Those are the kind of players that if you surround LeBron James with them, he wins championships. Can he still do it at this age? We'll see. He came pretty close last year for a team that nobody expected to be in that consideration. Adding a player like Julian Strother coming off the bench, hitting threes, not really doing a whole lot else. I think that really fits for the Lakers. I think Julian can develop into more than that throughout his career, but I do think that for right now, that is a skill set that he possesses immediately that he brings into the NBA. And for a team like the Lakers who are trying to win a championship in this window, I think he makes a ton of sense. Portland Trailblazers are next. You know I was going to throw the Blazers out there, folks. I, I was debating whether I was going to put them on Timmy or on Strother, but of course, as a longtime Blazers fan, I love Love when there's a connection when the Zags have players who are playing for the Blazers. I was sad when Zach Collins left because that was the last connection that we had. But Strother makes sense here. This is a team that needs some wings. Uh, they had some guys last year. They lost Gary Payton. They could potentially re-sign Cam Reddish. We'll see if they end up doing that. Matisse Tybel is probably the priority for them to add, but he's not a great shooter. He is more of a defensive presence. You add a player like Strother on a cheap contract. Uh, the Blazers pick at 323 and 43. Of course, he's more likely to be there at 43. They could reach for him at 23 or if they trade back, potentially get him a little bit later. Uh, but they need wings. If they're going to stay contending, if they trade that third pick and they, or even if they pick, they use that third pick, trade 23 and get somebody like DeAndre Ayton, perhaps they could continue to stay in contention, but they'll want some shooting. They'll want somebody who can step in and play a role right away. Julian Strother would be that guy for them. All right. Well, again, we'll talk a lot more about Julian Strother and his NBA draft process uh, in a future episode in the next couple of days. Same with Drew Timmy, but for right now, I just want to look at three teams that I think make some sense for Drew as well. We'll start with the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets are a team that have been connected to him a lot. When you click on mock drafts, you often see Drew go into them at 51. They also pick at 21 and 22, although they are not going to pick Drew Timmy at either of those spots. The Nets are kind of blowing it up right now. They lost all the, they brought in a bunch of premier talent and it hasn't really worked for them. So I think they're kind of in a bit of a rebuild mode. I think that Drew Timmy could play right away for Brooklyn. And I think that would be a really cool opportunity for him. I don't think he's going to start necessarily, but I could see them picking a guy who they think could come in and play minutes for them right away as a young big and just putting him in, letting him go to work, letting him play a little bit as they kind of figure out what direction they want to take this franchise going forward. Next up is the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies pick at 25, 45 and 56, uh, two second round picks that I think could conceivably be used on Drew Timmy, I also think Drew Timmy could go undrafted, and which would make him eligible to sign with just about anybody. Uh, Memphis loves older prospects. They took Brandon Clark. They took Desmond Bain. They took David Roddy from Colorado State, Sandy Altima, um, the Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest. Like This is a team that loves older draft prospects. Drew Timmy fits that bill. Brandon Clark is injured. He is not going to be ready to start playing next season for Memphis. They have some room in the front court for somebody to step in and play right away. They love older draft prospects. They have two picks in the range that Drew Timmy is going to be available. It is not hard to see the connection here. Uh, of course, they've also already rostered, currently rostered Brandon Clark. They rostered 
uh, Killian Tilly for a while as well, a program that is familiar with Gonzaga, familiar with their players, has probably seen a whole heck of a lot of Drew Timmy uh, in the last couple of years. I could see that being a really logical fit for him. And they're very good at player development, so I think it would help him grow as a basketball player. And finally, for those of you who checked out the show last week, checked out the article at KREM, or saw the TV spot I did with Travis Green at KREM, uh, Denver Nuggets. Because we talked about Drew Timmy and Nikola Jokic. And I wanted to be very clear at the time on the show and on the TV show and on the article, I'm not saying Drew Timmy is going to become Nikola Jokic. I don't think anybody will ever become Nikola Jokic. He is a one-of-a-kind type of player. But there are some similarities. Perhaps Denver, who pick at 40 or could sign him as an undrafted free agent if he doesn't get picked, would want to bring somebody in who could learn from Jokic who already possesses some of the skills as a facilitator, as a a big man that you can get the ball away from the rim and let him do various things, maybe that could be a relationship that works for Drew Timmy. It's also a phenomenal system. Of course, he's a ready-to-play right-away guy. If they don't have room for him, they could develop in the G League, uh, have him be a two-way guy, whatever it may be. Learn from Jokic, learn the system, learn how to play that role at the NBA level. There is nobody that he could learn from that is better than Nikola Jokic, and I think that would be a really fun fit. Plus, you get to reunite with former Zag Connor Griffin. We talked about him on an episode last week as well, the assistant video coordinator for the Nuggets who played at Gonzaga uh, in the 2013-14 and 14-15 season. So it didn't exactly connect with Drew Timmy there, but I know these Zags guys all know each other, and that'd be kind of fun to see him get an opportunity to be with another former Zag in that system. Well, folks, that is going to do it for us today. Plenty more NBA draft content coming your way this week. We'll do full profiles on Julian Strother, full profile on Drew Timmy, some other mock stuff, various other conversations around the draft, and, of course, some coverage of what happens on Thursday on Friday's episode of Locked on Zags, available wherever you get your podcasts, also available on YouTube. So go check us out there and hit that subscribe button if you have not done so yet. Thank you so much all for listening. And, of course, as always, go. Zags.